This is the sermon podcast for Salem Presbyterian Church in Winston-Salem. Thanks for listening. To learn more about our church, visit salempresws.org. That's salempresws.org. We believe preaching is best when experienced as part of the larger drama of God's people gathering. Something spiritually unique happens when God's people are together. We meet each Sunday to let the liturgy shape us, to hear preaching, and to take the Lord's Supper. And these acts are more robust when done together. Join us Sunday evenings at 5 p.m. in downtown Winston-Salem at 600 Holly Avenue. All right, good morning. I'm going to read from the Jesus Storybook Bible. This is Daniel chapter 6, and it's called Daniel and the Scary Sleepover. Things were not looking good for God's people. They had been captured and taken far from home, and now they were slaves of the king of Babylon. But God had not left his people. He was with them, and he was looking after them. Daniel loved God and obeyed him. Now God made Daniel able to understand lots of difficult things, so it wasn't long before the king of Babylon noticed him. King Darius liked how clever Daniel was, so he made Daniel his most important helper of all and put him in charge of lots of other helpers. But the other helpers didn't like this. They wanted the king to like them best. They wanted to get rid of Daniel, so they spied on Daniel. They tried to find things wrong with Daniel things they could tell the king, things they could, but there weren't any, none. They couldn't find anything at all, except there was just the one thing. Every day, three times a day, Daniel went to his room, closed the door, and prayed. So that's the picture of Daniel praying in his room. They smiled to themselves, and said, let's get the king to make a law no one is allowed to pray to anyone except the king. Daniel won't obey this law and he'll be punished. They were pleased with themselves for being so clever and hurried off to tell the king. The king liked their idea. He didn't know they were tricking him though. So he made it into a law. Everyone must pray only to me, the king. If you don't, the lions will have you for their dinner. Daniel heard this. He knew it was wrong to pray to anyone except God. He had to do what God said, whatever it cost him, even if it meant he would die. So Daniel went to his room, closed the door, and prayed. That's just what the bad men knew Daniel would do. They skipped straight off to tell the king, Oh, your most glittering highness, your law says, Does it not, that everyone must pray to you alone, sire? Yes, said the king. O magisterial brightness, then correct us if we're wrong, but it would seem that Daniel is praying to God, not you. The king was sad. He'd been tricked. He didn't want to hurt Daniel, but he couldn't change his law. And so he let the soldiers throw Daniel to the lions. May your God, who you love so much, rescue you, the king said. The king went back to his palace. But he didn't sleep that night, not a wink. He tossed and turned until finally at first glimmer of dawn, he leaped out of bed and ran straight to the den. Daniel, he cried, has your God rescued you? Yes, 
Daniel shouted, God sent an angel to close the lion's mouths. And there, resting his head on Daniel's lap, was the biggest lion, purring like a little kitten. The king brought Daniel out of the den. Look, he said, Daniel doesn't even have a scratch. The king made a new law. Daniel's God is the true God, the God who rescues. Pray to him instead. God would keep on rescuing his people, and the time was coming when God would send another brave hero like Daniel, who would love God and do what God said, whatever it cost him, even if it meant he would die. And together they would pull off the greatest rescue the world has ever known. Well, good morning. Uh, my name is Austin Pfeiffer, and I'm a pastor. And more importantly, I'm, uh, as Mrs. Fail said, the dad to Lucy Pfeiffer, who is in Miss Pabone's kindergarten class, and Silas Pfeiffer, who is in Miss Buwalda's third grade class. And today we're going to talk about the story of Daniel, this chapter, and, and some of the other chapters too. So at the time of Daniel, the people of Israel were living in a country called Babylon. The Babylonians had captured the Israelites, and they made them move to their country. And when this happened, the king was named Nebuchadnezzar. And he was not a good king. He was a king who came to Jerusalem where the Israelites made their home. He attacked it and he kidnapped the people. And that included Daniel and his three friends. And my guess is that Nebuchadnezzar was an angry person because his first name had 14 letters. Could you imagine how much time it would take you to write your name if it had 14 letters? I would be frustrated too. And it would dominate your school day. You could get nothing done because every assignment you started, you'd have to write a 14-letter name. So even though Nebuchadnezzar was terrible to the people of Israel, Daniel tried to help him by offering to interpret these strange dreams that Nebuchadnezzar was having. And over time, Daniel became an official in the Babylonian government. Daniel still worshipped the God of Israel, the same God as Jesus, who the Israelites called Yahweh. This was a special exception for Daniel because Nebuchadnezzar made everyone bow down to him as the most important person in the country, including God. But because Daniel was so helpful to him, he let Daniel keep worshiping Yahweh. And then after Nebuchadnezzar, there came another king named Belshazzar. And then after him, there was a king named Darius. And that's who was the king in the story we talked about today. So Darius kept Daniel in the same job as a a high officer in the kingdom of Babylon. And as the story we read today says, the other officers were jealous of Daniel. Daniel did not live for the approval of the king. He lived his life for Yahweh. But these other people, they wanted to be important and have the approval of the king. So they wanted to cut down Daniel. They wanted to make him look bad because they wanted to look better than him in front of the king. And they weren't able to find anything that Daniel had done wrong. So they made the king create a law that no one could worship and pray to any god except the person of King Darius. At first, Darius didn't even think about the problems this would cause. It's kind of like when Silas and Lucy were little, we lived in this really old house that we were fixing up. And one time I was putting a new coating of clear coat on the floor in our basement and I was rolling it across the floor all over until I covered the whole basement. But what I had not realized is I was on the opposite side from the door. So I had to stand in the corner and wait for the coating to dry. And I didn't mean to do this, but alas, I did. And I had to live with the consequences. 
It wasn't until after these guys came back to King Darius and told him that Daniel was still praying to Yahweh that King Darius realized the problem that he had made for himself. He thought that Daniel was clever and smart and really helpful, so he was willing to let things slide with Daniel praying to Yahweh. But now the king would look foolish if he didn't enforce this law that he had made. The king really does think of himself as the most important person in the kingdom, but he also sees how much Daniel trusts in God, and he sees how helpful Daniel is to him. So King Darius genuinely says, I really hope that your God can help you get out of this. Maybe the lions won't eat you because your God can help. And what this shows us is that Darius respects Daniel and even respects Daniel's God, but at the same time, he's kind of against him. So going back to Nebuchadnezzar, King Nebuchadnezzar, it's hard to tell if he was on God's side too. He stole all the stuff that the Israelites used to worship God. It would be like if a a king came into our country and came to your church and took your building and took all the speakers and chairs out of your building. He took them away from their church building, which was called the temple. He stole all the things inside. And he also sent Daniel and his friends into a really hot furnace. And thankfully, God made it so that they didn't get burned, and he eventually cared for them. Darius cared for Daniel too, but then he still sent him into the lion's den, and he never returned the Israelites' worship supplies. And later in the history of Babylon, they would be invaded by some people called the Persians, and their king, Cyrus, gave them back their worship supplies and let them rebuild their worship building. But Cyrus was not an Israelite, and he did not pray to Yahweh. You probably know that right now there's a presidential election in our country. The two main candidates uh, for president are Joe Biden and Donald Trump. And if you haven't already, you will probably hear lots of adults on TV or around your neighborhood getting very passionate about one of these two candidates. People might say things like, it will end the world if this person wins, or we cannot let this person win the election. And after the election, some people will talk like the winner is the best thing that will ever happen to the United States. Or others might talk as if our country will be completely ruined. And the truth is, as Christians, we don't believe any of those things. Presidents are just like kings. Just like Nebuchadnezzar and King Darius and King Cyrus, sometimes presidents and other politicians seem like they're on God's side. And sometimes they're clearly not. And pretty much all of them have been for or against God at different times. We don't put our hope in presidents. Whether Joe Biden is our president or Donald Trump is our president, either of them could give us important jobs in their government, just like Darius and Nebuchadnezzar gave to Daniel. Or either of them could throw us in the lion's den. For Christians, we watch the big leaders in our country sometimes help God and sometimes oppose God because we know that kings will sometimes help and the next day cause harm. And that's why we believe that we only have one king, and that king is Jesus. Instead of trying to figure out if Nebuchadnezzar or Darius were on God's side or against Daniel didn't waste his time trying to figure that out. Daniel always gave his allegiance to God alone. Three times a day, he turned and prayed to God. 
When they were good to Daniel or when they were bad to Daniel, he didn't tie himself to them. Twice in the Bible, Daniel says, the most high God rules over the kingdoms of the world. He gives them, a, he gives them to anyone he chooses, even the lowliest of people. And Jesus says something similar. The king in Jesus's day was Caesar. And Jesus said that Christians should not worry about whether Caesar was going to help them or hurt them in the short term. Whether Nebuchadnezzar or Darius or Cyrus or Caesar or Donald Trump or Joe Biden are in charge of a country, our one and only rescuer king is Jesus. Whether things are going well like Daniel when he worked as an officer, or bad, like when Daniel was in the furnace or the lion's den, he knew that only God would be his rescuer through Jesus. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for Redeemer School. I thank you for what a blessing it is for our children. And I think about everyone from age kindergarten to eighth grade who's watching our country right now. And I think especially of the middle schoolers who are really thinking about the fact that they're going to be able to vote in, in five or six years. And uh, so we're thankful for the freedom that we have and that we can exercise that in our democracy. And at the same time, we know that there is one king that is above all kings, and that is you.